This podcast was recorded at Redemption Alhambra Village in Phoenix, Arizona. For more information about Redemption Alhambra Village, visit redemptionaz.com. So here we are, 2018. We get ready to, to start things off. And one of the things that really like just stands out like we're coming in and it's this new year but we're not coming and saying hey like we need something brand new now but what we're coming and we want to call everyone back to something right back to our identity of who we are right so back to, to, to what God's been doing inside of us. I think about Psalms 51, um, verses 10 to 12, and it reads like this. And, and, and listen, this is, this is what God continues to call us to, right? He's continually calling us to uh, a coming back to, calling us to this, 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 this renewal and stuff. So, so you look at Psalms 51, 10 to 12, and it says, he's, he's praying to God. He says, creating me a clean heart, oh God. Renew a steadfast spirit within me. Do not cast me away from your presence. Do not take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation and sustaining me with a willing spirit. Right? Man, as we start this this new year off, and, and, and we're getting ready to go into everything that the Lord has for us this year. That's what we want to come to. We want to we call to refocusing, right? A refocusing our, our attention, refocusing our hearts and our minds. Like 2017, a lot of things went down, um, and, 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 and time to call to a refocus, a refocus on, on who God is. I know we did a lot of things in 2017, but let's, let's, let's refocus on the person of who God is. Let's slow down some and, and refocus on that. As we refocus on, on who God is, now let's think about ourselves in context of who, who this great God, the creator of all existence is. Let's, let's slow down, refocus on him, and then refocus on us us in context to him. We talk about refocusing. I want to say let's refocus on God's call to us as husbands and his call to us as wives. Refocus on what, what, what on, 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 our, on our marriages. Refocus on, on what God has called us as, 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 as youth and as, as believers. I want to start this year off saying let's refocus, right? Refocus on our calling. Like the Lord has called you for something good. We're going to be spending so much time in Ephesians walking a lot of these things out. And I'm saying, sometimes we get off course and, 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 and we need to refocus. Refocus on, on, on my calling in Christ and who God has called me to be in the grand scheme of his entire body and his entire plan. Let's refocus on the mission that God has called us on. Sometimes on a journey, you lose focus of the destination. 
And sometimes we need to refocus on what that is. This morning, we want to call you to renew, right? Like, re is a big word. Like, that's what everything is about. Refocus, renew. Praying that God will renew inside of you a, a, a passion for his gospel. Not just get caught up in just drudgery or walk, but Lord, renew inside of me a desire for your word. Renew a passion for your gospel. Renew your spirit inside of me. Refresh. Renew. I want to call you this morning to remember. Remember the truth that you've heard. Remember the word of God that you heard. We've been going through a lot of things, and sometimes you could just hear a lot of information, and you learn a lot of things, but, but you don't retain and you don't remember. We're calling, remember what the Lord has been teaching you as we, as we move forward. Remember it. And as you remember it, rehearse it. Practice it. Rehearse what you already know. I'm not calling you to something brand new. I'm saying the things that you already know, rehearse it, practice it, rehearse worshiping our God. This leads us into eternity. Not just hearing it, but rehearse it. Recommit. As we start off, recommit yourself. To the Lord, and He's always calling us back to Him. That's why we close out every service. Even today, we're going to close it out with communion. This is a recommitting to to the mission and recommitting to to the vision and recommitting to our King. So I wanted to start us off like, man, I'm not trying to start off with something new. I'm, I'm saying, man, let's look at the old and let's let's refocus on it. Because that's, that's, that's needed. Every year, um, I, scout, I, I sound like a, a Scrooge and a, uh, uh, a skeptic because every time we come to, like, Thanksgiving, one of my favorite holidays, I love it, not just because of what we get to eat on Thanksgiving, but because it's the default place of the Christian life to be thankful, right? So it feels like we get one day to be living out our Christian identity of thankfulness, and we celebrate it by gorging, right? And then we can't even finish the day now. They used to wait till the next day. But now it's like in Thursday that we go from Thanksgiving to say, I don't have enough and I need to go shopping. And we have the next day be the highest day of consumerism. It's just ironic that the culture can't be thankful too long without getting back to its place of what it actually is. It's the same as Christmas. We celebrate one day that Christ came into the world admitting that we could not save ourselves that we needed a Savior to come down into the world, take on flesh, and dwell among us. We celebrate the need of a Savior, and then one week later, we celebrate 
making our own commitments that we're going to change ourselves and we start making resolutions again. We cannot celebrate too long how dependent we actually are without going back to how independent we are and we think we can change ourselves. I, I just think we need to recognize how easily we as people go back to what is already in us. We will go back to our habits, right? That's why I think this time of the year is, I, I hate New Year's because people in this culture literally believe that because it goes from December 31st to January 1, that's going to be the big change in their life. The change of a calendar date is going to be the biggest change in their life. And every year we prove that God is faithful and will keep his word, and we can't. But we try again. I'm going to do it this time. I'm going to do it this time. We make promises. We plan on breaking. We make, we make commitments that we plan on resetting back. And the thing that's twisted about all of this is that we miss the mark in, in really thinking that we know that this time exposes something in us. We know that the way that we are living, we need to change. Yeah. We believe it. Something in us goes, the way I'm eating is twisted. But on January 1, I'm changing that. Well, actually, the second now, you know. I got to get through football games and all that. Second, though, I'm, I'm starting on the second for sure. Or this year, I'm, I'm really going to focus on my family. This year, I'm going to take time and, and care. Like, we really know in us that we need to spend more time engaging with people who we love. These are things we know and we continue to commit to go back to, really believing that when it changes, this is going to be the time. And then we ask, what do we want for 2018? And we make these commitments, and the reality is, we all know what, what we need to do to change. We all know what we need to do to, to go back, and it has little to do with the big events, the changing of a calendar, and it has much to do with faithfulness. Something done over a long period of time shapes us far more than trying to do something in a moment. Um, the things that shape us are the things we need to be doing and the things we need to keep committing to do. The things that shape us are the habits of our lives. I have a lot of people in the Christian life who want to be full of faith. I ask, what does that mean to be full of faith? What does it mean to be a man or a woman of faith who's full of faith? And I would, I would 
argue that to be full of faith, if you really look at it in Scripture, has far more to do with being faithful than full of faith. That means hearing God's word, submitting your life to him and depending on his spirit and living out those things day in, day out in the mundane places. It has far more to do with God's power to transform us than it does with the changing of a calendar date. That we are a people who are dependent on what Wayne was saying. We have to hear God's voice and trust it more than ourselves. We have to lean into having and needing his spirit. And we have to remember all the time, every day, every week, as often as you gather, we have to remember who we are, what he, who he is, who we are in light of that. We are a people who We say the word forget, but it's not forget. We're a distracted people, right? We know what we need to do, but there's other things we'd rather do. We're worshipers of other things. And so we go after those things. Our hearts are idol factories. When it comes down to it, the reason we don't do the things we know we should to do is not because we don't know it. And it's not because we haven't forgot it. It's because we are worshiping other things. And every time we redo, recommit, we're saying, I need to go back because I've gotten distracted and I've gotten off and I'm prone to wander. I am not faithful and committed and what the church has become when we, when we fall into these resolutions is we become what the people of God has made. When you look back at the people of God th- through history, we only boast in, man, God took a bunch of unfaithful people and like used them in crazy ways. I mean, the children of Israel were constantly wandering around the same, constantly going through cycles. The church was constantly going. Like the reality is, we are known as a bunch of people who, who know what we should do, but continue to wander, continue to stray, and God somehow takes us, forgives us, cleans us, fills us, empowers us. And this is why a lot of churches you'll go to take the first Sunday of the year and like give the new vision for the new year. And it's always like greater things, increases coming, whatever it is. It's always some spectacular thing and you got to think of a better one next year. Ours is same old thing, different year, right? It's, it's the reality of we got to go back to continuing to, remain faithful to the same message that we've been preaching over and over again, the same gospel we're committed to, the same things are the things we need to carry into this year. And I hope we don't miss the, the, the weight of that because that's, 
Like, even though you turn around and you say, same old thing, different year, right? And uh, it, it's comical, but it's real. And it's important. I don't know how many times I've talked to someone and it's like, man, I, just, I don't feel like I'm, I'm, I'm growing and I just want to... I just want to learn some new stuff. And I'm like, are you doing the stuff you learned already? And they're like, but and I'm like, start practicing the things that you're already learning. Start doing those things. You know, it's the things that we do over and over again that, that, that shape us way more than we think. Way more than we think. So if we start off and we like, man, same old thing, different year, and we're calling us to this, this, this refocus, one of the first things that, I, 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 that, that comes to, to, to mind is refocusing on the gospel. Amen. Amen. Turn your Bible to 2 Timothy 3, 14 through 17. Or I'm, I'm going to read it. You don't really have to turn there, but if you want to. But refocusing on the gospel Paul, he's in 2 Timothy verses 3, chapter 3, verses 14 to 17. Paul is he's, he's talking to Timothy and 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 in his um his encouragement to him, he doesn't say, let me give you something brand new, yeah. right? That's not what he does. He doesn't say, hey, you know what? I got some something deep for you, and it's gonna blow your mind and stuff. He goes to him and he says, Start at 14, but as for you, continue what you have learned and that firmly believed, knowing from who you learned it, and how from a childhood you've been equated with the sacred writing. Like, these things you've been learning from a kid, these things, like, he's refocusing his mind on a thing that you've been learning already, continuing that. With the sacred writings with which you was able to make, make you wise for salvation. Listen, this is important. Which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. These things are refocusing on the gospel over and over and over again is what makes you wise because the Lord teaches you how this looks being walked out over and over and over again. He's like, I'm going to show you how to walk it out from this direction. Then I'm going to show you from that direction. Then I'm going to show you from that direction. And, 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 and the thing that because the gospel is living, you refocus on it. And the Lord is like shows you new things in it. And you're like, man, I read this thing last week, and I didn't even notice that, and now I read it this week, and it, and it jumps off the page to me. He says, refocus. All Scripture, in 16, all Scripture is breathed out by God yeah. and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training and righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. <coughs> and we're going to even... Think about being the people that God has called us to be, just refocus on the simple truths of the Gospels that are, are so deep or Im important, so important. 
And we'll miss it. So, so I, I really want to make really, really clear. I don't want to get all, all deep. Let me make really, really clear what this looks like. When I'm saying we focus on the gospel, we focus on the word of God itself. Yes. Like I know we've read tons of books and, and, and things, but what does it look like to refocus on reading the Bible itself and, and saying, Lord, show me the truths inside of your word. Bring it alive to me. Like we're calling you to refocus on the word of God itself. Yes. Yes. This is what he gave to us. As you're refocusing on the word of God itself, here's, here, here's what we're calling you to refocus. What you see inside the word of God is his story. Right? Not your story, his story. And in his story is where you find yourself. So we're saying let's refocus on the reality that this is God's story. That we are in and inside the word of God is laid out from the beginning of time to the end of time and beyond. And we're inside of that story. And if I'm going to understand my identity, understand my purpose, let me refocus on his word. Let me, spend, let me slow down and, and make the time and carve out the time to study his word. I get it. You're doing a whole bunch of things. But the, the one that created time got you. Make time for him. I mean, we focus on his word. And we got some things that, 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 that we do here as a, as a body of believers, right? We come together the first Wednesday of, of, of every month for some intentional classes that we do that, 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 that focus in on the word of God, focuses in on on. on on things that the Spirit of God is leading us in. So, so why not this year? Like, you got to start somewhere, right? You got to do something. Why not you commit yourselves to, I want to be at those classes, right? I want to I make it plain. I'm committing to opening up his word and studying it and reading it. I'm committing to, to coming out to the classes when they come. You're not going to grow by just showing up here on Sunday. I'm committing to, to having Bible studies with the believers, with the brothers and, and the sisters as a normal way of life, not as this, this, this weird event, but this is our, our DNA and who we are. So I'm going to start off saying let's recommit to the word of God and all the things that are available to studying and growing inside of his word. That's awesome. The power of that is when you get consumed in a story, you become, you start believing what you study. And you're like, well, I'm not studying the word, but I'm not studying anything else. And the truth is, you are constantly studying and constantly learning something. I mean, every time you or your family is scrolling through Facebook, you are learning, 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 studying, studying, making yourself aware of cultural things. You are making yourself aware of what's happening in the world, what Trump said, what he didn't say, what he should have said. You're, you're, you're making yourself aware of all the things that are happening around us just by scrolling through thumbs 
there, we have information right now with us. And we wonder why, as Christians, we become overwhelmed. Because as we are learning the story of our culture, we are starting to disbelieve the true story, which is the gospel which is what Christ has done, which is the God who is over all of history, that all throughout all cultures and times, there has been one constant, and that is God, and he is Lord of all, and he is doing this work where he has entered into this world. We get trapped and caught up into the stories in which we study and immerse ourselves into. And so when we are shaped by a story, we should wonder, well, what? Why is it that I continually have a hard time believing that what God said is true? It's because we are immersing ourselves in a story, and we're believing this story over the stories in which we are saying. That's why when when Wayne says, commit yourself, because you are not going to naturally have an appetite for the Word of God. You're not going to have an appetite for it. It's, It's when you have eaten so twisted for so long, and you start eating things that are right, you never like what you're tasting. You don't like the taste of it. You're like, that's nasty, I can't eat it. And so what we try to do is try to find something that we like that tastes he- that's healthy, that we like the taste of, and we wonder, why don't I like this? Why don't I like Brussels sprouts? Why don't I like... This healthy stuff. And it's not because your taste buds are off. It's because you have feasted on trash for so long, you only like trash. And the reality of that has nothing to do with, I, don't, I didn't read my Bible. I was like, Listen, you eat one salad, right? That's a start, but it's not going to change your taste buds. So if you wake up tomorrow and start reading God's word, start immersing yourself in the story and saying, I believe this story to be true, so I need to start immersing myself in the story of God. Start adding things into your time with the Lord that will help you see the bigger picture. Let us recommend things to you that will help you to read Scripture right. Like, start immersing yourself in that. Before the first thing you do is turning on social media, checking what's happening in the world. Go check in with the truth. Align your heart with the realities of the gospel so that there's a right alignment and you can see the world properly. We're not saying that tomorrow you waking up is going to change your whole perspective by just reading the Bible in one day. But we are saying committing to changing your appetite and immersing yourself in Scripture. What can be dangerous about people who are Scripture readers is that for the rest of us who are not great at reading, or maybe don't like studying very much, we give the Bible to the academics. You take the Bible, you study it, you dissect it, we'll believe you. What can happen with people who do read the Bible is they think they know God because they know about God. The danger of just reading Scripture alone and putting your faith in Scripture 
alone by itself, meaning scripture is powerful, God-breathed, but it is not separate from us as his people seeing the word of God as a means to know God, but we cannot know God apart from, not scriptures by itself, but apart from the spirit making that alive to us. So as much as we need to commit to to the scriptures, we need to commit to the spirit of God. The reality is we can get so trapped in studying Jesus as a past historical figure. Let me make very clear. Jesus is and did the work in the past. He has done the, he has finished the work. Jesus is a historical figure, for sure. Jesus has done in the past all the work that we, 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 the work is done. So there is a past reality to the gospel. There also is a future reality. When you just have a past reality, it shapes how you live now. When you just have a future reality, you're constantly going, well, when God comes back, he'll do the work, he'll do the work. And that's, that's powerful because we can rest in hope. When God comes, he's going to make all things new. That changes the reality of our hopes, where our hopes lie. But the power of the gospel is not just, it's not less than, but it's not just past and future. We, as the people of God, have a present, active relationship with the past and future God through the Spirit. Church, if there's anything that concerns me is that we have lost a sense that God is with us. That changes everything you do when you know God is with you. We often live our lives like God is not here. I'll give some examples. But many of us come into the room, I'm not saying all of us, many of us come into the room to sing some songs about a guy who died and think about what he will do in the future. But we don't worship him like he's here. We don't even think of the fact that he is here with us. That would change how we interacted with him. We wouldn't ignore his presence. We are most often thinking about in this room, if we're honest, what am I going to get out of today? What is going to happen? You know, I got these problems. I need to fix this. I hope the pastor says something to me or doesn't say something or doesn't point out things that I'm doing wrong. I hope something, or maybe I'm just here because I want to see somebody. The reality is we have to, as the people of God, get back to this sense that God is with us because many of us have a past and future relationship, meaning we have a relationship with what God did. Thank you for forgiving me in the past and what you've done in the past. Thank you for forgiveness and a hope that someday I'll be with him for all eternity. But we have a disconnect in the fact that we don't have a very active, empowered relationship with God now because we're trying to do it apart from his spirit. I am concerned 
with the trajectory of who we are as worshipers. There are very key things that have transformed and shaped my life over the course of all of my relationship with God. And one of them primarily has been when I walk into a place, when I go into a time with the Lord, I don't just open up my Bible and study. I don't just sit and listen to a preacher. I start my time of study by worshiping the God of the universe. My Father, who is why I want to start with, Father, hallowed be your name. Before I open his word, I want to go, God, you are bigger than me. And I'm not here to think about myself. I spend all my life thinking about myself. I'm here to, to worship you. Well, these songs are not my style. That's you. That's about you. That's about your likes. But your worship is about pleasing and worshiping and glorifying him. And that our worship should be so Christ-focused. I, I, I get the sense that we, 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 when we worship, there is no sense in our hearts that he's actually here with us. You can go, man, there's no way Aaron and Wayne can sit in this front row every week, sing, dance, and worship God like that and feel him all the time. There's no way. I've, I've, there's no way I can feel him. It's not about feeling. It's about believing that right now when I'm sitting in this room with you, with the people of God, I have a God in whom I am called to worship, and I need to spend less time thinking about myself and thinking about the bigness and the majesty of who he is. There are more times that I feel small. I am a better leader there than I am up here. Because I can go, listen, it's not about what I say or what I do. It's about me first being a worshiper of Jesus. My kids, I want them to be worshipers. I don't want them to remember my sermons. I want them to worship Jesus. I want them to follow and serve and worship Jesus. I want them to have a close relationship with them. I, I, I don't want for you in this community to just come and hear Pastor Wayne and I hear good messages and you walk out and go, that was a great sermon. Man, they're smart. Or they're powerful. Or they're dynamic. I want you to worship Jesus. I want you to surrender your whole life to him. I want you to be in a moment where you're hearing God's voice and you feel small because all of your life you think so big of yourself and you feel so small. Have you ever been where you're just worshiping Jesus and you just feel minute? Right then I'm feeling in proper alignment with God. He is huge. His mission is big. He is deserving of all worship. I am nothing. But in that, I actually find true life. Church, we have been praying. Not that we would become a more studious church, although we need to study God's word. But that we would be a people that they would see our worship and our prayer. Prayer is another measuring stick of whether you know He's here. Why don't you pray?
Because you don't think he's here. You don't think he's with you. You don't think he hears you. You don't think he's listening. You don't think he's present. You don't think he cares. Our view of who God is and his withness, his spirit being with us, shapes the active things we do in our lives. And this year, we want to recommit to not just eating healthy, but living healthy. It's funny because when you know that you need to lose weight or you know you need to get healthy, you want to find a silver bullet that makes it so you don't have to eat healthy and live active, right? Just tell me, what did you do to lose all that weight? It's magic. You've known it since you were in kindergarten. Your parents tried to teach it to you. You denied it then, and then now you're where you're at. But it just go eat, live healthy, active. And this is the same principle that you're seeing, what God calls us to continue. Feast on my word. Eat what's healthy, but it doesn't taste good, and it's hard. No, your taste buds are off. It tastes amazing. Taste and see that the Lord is good. That's the twisted part. When you come to something that feels healthy, you're like, it doesn't taste good. No, 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 no. It tastes amazing. Your appetite is twisted. Right? Feast on it until your appetite changes. Worship, it's it's hard. I I, for a minute, I have to think about how big and merciful and great and huge and mighty God is. And now I have to posture myself. It's not about God come and bless me. It's about God be blessed. Yes. We're more concerned. What are people going to think if I'm raising my hands and worshiping, right? We're so concerned with ourselves sure. that the moment we worship, we lose ourselves and we find ourselves yes. at the exact That's same it. time. I want us to be praying, praying people. I want us to be a worshiping people. And that's what we're calling you to. If we disassociate any of this, any of this, all of this is so wrapped in and, and drenched in him, his spirit. You're worshiping him and he's on the throne and he's right next to you and he's behind you. And he's, I mean, and, and, and he's like, there's a difference when you know he is right there. And you're not just saying, hey, I love you, guy over there. But you're saying, I love you. And you're standing right in front of me. And I don't deserve to be standing next to you. There's, there's something. And to know I don't deserve it, but you've brought me here. I didn't work my way here. I didn't work my hard to get right here. You know I don't deserve it and wanted me and brought me here because you thought that bringing me here glorified you. That's big. And then we, when we entrench ourselves inside of that and we start refocusing, what does it mean to live these type of lives that's entrenched by the Spirit of God? It, it leads you out of yourself. And it's not just about me. If you, if you get stuck on the, the me, you're missing him. Because it's so much about everything else that he pours you out to. So that's why we, we, we linger on things when we're talking about community, about, about, about different people coming and fellowshipping together. 
In Acts 2 and, 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 and 46, it said, and, and day by day, attending the temple together, breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts. This was those, those believers that we say, man, refocus on community. Why? Because the Spirit of God lives in community. He connects different people together so that people look at the, 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 the church and they see God in the differences of the people that are loving one another. Hebrews 10 and 24, let us consider how to stir up one another to love and and good works, not neglecting to meet together, as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another. And all the more, as you see the day drawing near, the Spirit of God leads you into that thing, into community where you're encouraging your brother, where you're saying the thing that, that God wanted to say to them, but he chose not to say it. From the pulpit, he chose to, to say in the middle of the week when nobody else was there and you didn't put on your best clothes, you need to spend like five hours putting on your makeup and you're messy and, and everything else. And God uses you to reach out to somebody and say exactly what he wanted to say to them. Because you're trusting the spirit to lead you in the community. Lead you into serving one another and being in fellowship with one another. This is what the body looks like and the spirit of God is the driving force inside of it. Leads us into into our community groups, RCs, recommit to those things. Recommit this year to, to going to RC. Go into your community groups. If you're not a part of one, make a commitment to be a part of one then. Recommit to doing life with other people that aren't just like you. They don't like all the same music you like and eat all the same foods that you like because of the beauty and the diversity that displays the depths of God. And how you know it's the spirit that draws these different people together. Recommit to opening up your home for the work of the gospel. That's all the things that the Spirit of God does and that we're saying, man, recommit to living inside of him. This is what it looks like. Here's some things we want you to commit to. Massive part of living a healthy life is when you see somebody who's so into worship, like worshiping God who's up there. God, you're so big. That's a powerful thing. But it can become disconnected from people. Now I can just love God and not love his people. But when he says, no, commit to community, he's saying, you can't love me apart from loving them. You can't. It forces us to see if our worship is authentic. It forces us to see if our trust in God and our faith in his word is authentic. Because what it does is it becomes a place in which there's true accountability to our words and our worship. You can't fake it. You can't just say you believe it and sing good songs. Now people around you are going, you're inconsistent. Anybody who knows if they want to start getting a healthy life, they know they got to eat right. They got to practice and exercise. What else do they got to do? They got to get people around them who hold them accountable. And accountability is them not chasing you down and trying to force you to do something you don't want to already do. 
Accountability is embedding yourself life on life, doing life together, and that leads to the, the last thing because it's even those three things are incomplete apart from the, the fourth. See, none of these are steps. They're all one thing, right? It's one commitment to God, to worship of him, to his family, and the, the last thing is this, to his mission. Meaning, God never blesses something just so that it is blessed. He blesses it so that they can, in return, be a blessing. And this is this reality of when you start to become a blessing or be a blessing, it means you are starting to see blessing not as just something you're begging for, but as an identity of who you are. Like, I am blessed. Not because of what I have, not because, of, but I have all that I need in Christ. And thankful people, worshiping people, become generous people. They become serving people. They see others who are lost and outcast and broken, and they want to see them healed and helped and apart. So we become committing ourselves to the wholeness of what the kingdom of God calls us into. He calls us to know him, to know his word, to know his voice, to be his people, to worship him. He calls us to be in community, in his family, and he calls us to share that with others. He calls us to giving financially. If you're not invested in a place like this, this is not your home. This is just a place in which you consume. It's a shopping mall. We're invested. We give to one another. We we do outreach together, meaning we serve our neighborhood. We believe we're put in this neighborhood not just because we, we're given a building. We've been here for 17, 15, 17 years, 15 years. The reality is we believe we are put in this neighborhood for this neighborhood. So we want to serve it. It means we volunteer. It means when we come to a place like this, we're not just like, I'm here to be blessed. We come to go, where can, where can I help? Dave? Where can I help? Wayne, where can I help? How can I? We got some need. Let me help. That's the nature of those who are wanting to live healthy lives. And as we stand in this room today, what Wayne's going to do is lead us into the time of starting now. There's no better. Like, let's not wait till 2019. Let's start today. Let's not wait. I know it's not January 1st. But we could take, I'm not saying this moment is going to change your life for eternity. What I am going to say, it's a step in the right direction. What would it look like to not just listen to the band play, but to worship? What would it look like to not just listen to the word, but now act, start, take that step? What would it look like tomorrow to, or today when you go home to engage the word of God? What would it look like to come to this table hungry? Jesus is, is, is talking to the disciples, and we're going in communion right now. And as we're going into communion, I want you to, to, to understand as, as, as Jesus is getting ready to, to, to leave, and he's, he's meeting with his, 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 his disciples, his words are really, really important. 
In Luke 22 and 19 to 20, he says, and he took the bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it. And he gave it to them, saying, this is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Remember me. In everything that you do, remember me. And re- remember me. He tells them, man, as often as you come together, do it. Remember me. In all the areas of life that I affect and that I want to be glorified in, remember me. Today, as you come up for communion, yes, the bread, it represents his body broken for you. He wants you to remember the mission. Everything we talked about, his blood poured out for you. And I want to encourage you, spend some time praying, lingering. Lord, refresh my spirit, refresh my heart, refresh. the. Give me renewed vision, Lord, as I remember you and all the intricacies of my life. And I fellowship with you, recommitting myself today as I will continue a lifestyle of recommitting and refocusing. The tables are open. Come up, get your bread, spend some time praying together, and then let's continue to worship our great King. This podcast was recorded at Redemption Alhambra Village in Phoenix, Arizona. For more information about Redemption Alhambra Village, visit redemptionaz.com.